If you would please tonight, I'd like for you to turn maybe to the book of First John, chapter number 2, and then we'll go from there uh, someplace else. Uh, verse 15 and 16 and 17 of First John, chapter number 2, for just a moment. And uh, please don't, don't. Get ahead of me now and start saying, oh no, another one of them, another one's. Someone asked me this week, said, if we ain't working, do you want us to leave the church? If you was here last Sunday night, you probably know what I'm talking about. And I said, no, we don't want you to leave the church. Love not the world. That's how that verse began. Love not. The world. That is a admonition, a warning, an encouragement. Just how dangerous this world and the love for the world can become in our lives. Look about you tonight. Empty pews are maybe a testimony, not. 100%, but a lot of the, the reason why folks are not here tonight is because they have found another love. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, things. The world is made up of junk. It's not junk when you buy it. It's junk after you've had it a while. Amen. Just look around your house. And I don't mean anybody in particular now. But just look around your house. And I'm sure you can find some junk that you just did not think you could live without. The things of the world. If any man loved the world... The love of the Father is not in him. Kind of plain, kind of blunt to the point. For all that is in the world, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. In your Bible, when your New Testament talks about the world, the Bible said, in this world you shall have tribulation. The Bible also says in Romans, and be not conformed to this world. The Bible says in John, and talks about the God of this world. Uh, so what is he really speaking of when he talks about the world? Is he talking about uh, my daughter's chickens who's running around in my front yard tonight? Or maybe it's Brother John's possum that is in his attic. No, that's 
<laughs> Stephanie's attic. Is he talking about uh, the creatures, uh, the concrete, the trees, the creation? And so I ask myself the question today, does the Bible describe in specific what the world is when he talks about being not conformed to this world and not loving this world? And if you fall in love with this world, you'll uh, have tribulation. And, and I, I found a scripture... I think over here in the Bible, and it says in verse number 16, for all that is in the world, everything that makes up the world, for all that is in the world, John says when I'm talking about the world now, I'm not talking about the creation, I'm not Talking about the moon, the stars. I'm talking about something else. And all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh. Pride of life. Is what makes up the world. And then the Bible describes three notable enemies that you and I have to face all the time. Together they are a, a gang that's hard to defeat. The Bible talks about the world the flesh, and the devil. Any of you know them personally? The world, the flesh, and the devil. Now how can the devil get a child of God sidetracked And get them to devote and love and embrace and worship this world more than they do God. You say, well, that'll never happen to me. Since I've been here, it's probably happened to you already. The devil... He uses the world to entice our flesh. The devil needs an instrument by which he can attract us 
to lust and to be swollen up in pride. I would to God we were a little bit smarter to realize that what's going on in Washington did not start in Washington. And I want you to know what's happening to America tonight did not originate in Washington. There is a deeper, a more subtle individual involved with what's going on in this world. Now, we don't live like it. We, we don't live like we've got an enemy at all. But we've got three enemies tonight, and they are the devil, the world, and the flesh. And it looks like to me the devil's winning. When you can pull out of our church and there's more cars in the parking lot across the road on Sunday than there are on this side of the road, the devil's got a new God called the physical body. Now if it was built like mine, you'd never have that problem. Because I've been macho all my life. <laughs> I don't know if that's a sneeze or a giggle. But I want us tonight, I'd like for us tonight to come to grips with the fact that the devil is real. That your flesh is weak. And the world is extremely attractive. You said, not to me. What's your car payment? What's your house payment? Ain't nothing this world attracts me. What's the interest on your car note? I'm just dropped by tonight. To maybe open our eyes to some things. We can quit blaming the preacher for nobody walking the aisle. Because you're not bringing anybody that needs to walk the aisle. Amen. So I say to you tonight. Uh, we need. To learn if you please. How to overcome the flesh, the devil, and the world, especially the world. We change with the fashions. I asked a little later lady one time, uh, how long did it take you to grow that pretty Silver hair, she said, well, it's changed every week for the last four weeks. Got to keep in style. Now, girls, I don't care whether you like that or not. I'll, I'll probably lose a lot of sleep tonight over you looking at me like that. 
We men are just as guilty as anybody in the world of letting the world hornswoggle us and our lust and our pride to carry us away from the things of God. Why did John put in there, love not the world? Because he knew our tendency to fall in love with the world and to conform to the world. And before we know it, we're just like the world. And I'll tell you, that's no happy place for the child of God. So I want tonight to help you just a little bit. And I'll tell you, I I like, I, I, I don't know where this came from. President Calvin Coolidge went to church one day and afterwards was asked by a friend, what did the preacher preach on? He said the preacher preached on sin. The friend asked him, well, what the preacher had to say about the subject of sin. And President Coolidge said he told us he was against it. Are you against it? Don't seem like most folks are against it anymore. Seem like sin changes from year to year. What used to be a sin is not a sin any longer. What used to be a bad sin is not as bad as it used to be. Are you listening to me tonight? And I'm just saying, I'm not going to chew you out now. I'm going to get on something really, really nice and easy and so comfortable. You just think you can go to sleep. I'd like to talk to you tonight about how you can tell the world to go to hell and not come back because you are not interested anymore. I'm talking about the world. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eye. And the pride of life. You won't have to worry about it anymore. Gone. If you're interested. Yeah. You say, I don't believe you have the answer for that. I don't, but God's word does. Uh, if you would, please, I'd like you to look over at chapter 5 of the book of 1 John. Uh, over in 1 John Chapter 5. I'd like to read with verse 1 and uh, verse 2 on down through there. Now watch this. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Anybody believe that? Born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. In other words, Christians ought to love other Christians. Everybody agree with that? You said, now there's some folks in our church I can love. But there are just some folks has crossed the line on my love making deal. There's no stipulation here. By this, we know 
that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. You got that? People who really are saved, who really love God, does not buck at the commandments of God because they are not grievous. Amen. And whatsoever is born of God overcometh the what? So those folk who get overcome of the world must not be saved. Because the Bible said, I really thought it said, and whosoever or whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. How much faith do you have? I wonder, maybe, if we really know what faith is. What is your definition, or what is my definition of faith? How do we define that which is so important to allow me to overcome this stinking, attractive, lovely place that we live called the world. How do I overcome lust? Well, preacher, you're a preacher. You're not supposed to lust. I know I'm not supposed to, but I enjoy it. You say, now, preacher, you ought not say that. Do you do it? Why are you doing it? At least I'm honest. You're stinking liar. You're lusting and don't even enjoy it. I love looking at my wife. And she's promised me if I look at anybody else, she'll kill me. So I have been motivated in the other direction. You mean to tell me I can go to the beach? And not lust? No, that's the reason I don't go to the beach. But fella, if you can go to the beach and not lust, you need to go to the doctor. And the way the women dress at the beach, they need to go somewhere. (laughs) Cold water, huh? Doug, I'm going to charge you getting in on this message. I'm on... <laughs> I think our security is in the... In the... Will your gun shoot that far? <laughs> Here's the victory. that overcometh the world, even our faith. Let me talk to you for just a minute tonight about God's definition of faith. 
God's definition of faith. Not mine, but God's definition of faith from the faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11. 710, be done just a minute. Watch this now. Here's the victory that overcometh the world. How can attractive pictures become ugly? How can X-rated movies stay off your television? How can laziness be defeated? How can a critical spirit be snuffed out by faith? By faith, we've got the greatest tool that God could ever embrace us with. And we know very little about it. Faith. Here is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 right off the bat begins to tell us faith chapter verse, chapter 11 verse 1 faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen faith is believing when you can't see it the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. With my eyes, I can see the evidence of God's creation. I can see everything that relates to the physical, to matter. God spoke out, stepped out on the ledge of nothing and spoke. And everything you and I see tonight became matter. God created everything. With my eyes, with my eyes, I can witness that evidence. With my eyes. Now, how can I witness the evidence of another world that I cannot see with my eyes? How can I even correlate in my mind's eye anything, anything that I cannot see, but God describes it in the Word of God? I do it by faith. Faith is my spiritual eyes that I might see that which I cannot see by my eyes. Faith makes all of God a reality. Faith makes creation not just a subject but a real thing that happened some 6,000 years ago. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith tonight is believing, even though 
I have never seen it. There's a land, I believe, that's fairer than day. You ever heard that old song? And by faith I see it afar. My Father waits for me. Thank God there's a land that is fairer than day. Oh, I don't think I could have stood before the funeral services that I've stood in front of all these many years and ask God before the service, please, dear Lord, help me to feel a little bit of what they're feeling, that I might be able to empathize with this family. I could not have preached my mother's, my father's, and my sister's funeral were it not for me believing there is a land fairer than day. Your faith is believing even though you've never seen it. I believe there'll be a Moses in heaven. As honor as my daddy was, I believe he'll be in heaven. Most difficult person I ever witnessed to in my life is getting up the nerve to walking up to my daddy and witness to him about the Lord. Knowing the kind of life in his earlier years that he lived. See, I was raised in a house where that if you were eating dinner and somebody said, pass the corn, they slid the half a gallon jar over there. You'll get that after a while. Not sure many of my kinfolks close in my immediate family did not bootleg just a little bit before they come to the Lord. But I'm glad I got the nerve to talk to my daddy and finally squeaked it out, Daddy. You know, if you died today, you'd go to heaven. My old daddy looked at me and said, Son, I can tell you the pew I was sitting on and the song they were singing and the verse they were singing the night I got up and walked down the aisle and got saved. Thank God there's a land that is fairer than day. And one day we'll gather around the river. Now, one definition of faith is believing when I don't see it. Another definition of faith is obeying when I don't understand it. You ever had that problem? Andrew hadn't been on church staff very long until he sat in my office. A series of events took place. And he looked at me and he said, Daddy, 
This is a train wreck. Have you ever had anything suddenly hit you? Wow. That you didn't understand? How'd you act? Because faith... Why don't you look down, if you would please, at verse 27 of Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is obeying when I don't understand. I'd like to invite you by faith, the Bible says, by faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Faith is uh, obeying when you don't understand it. Faith is being delivered out of Egypt, if you would please. And across the desert, two and a half million or so folks have made their way across the desert. Everything's been perfect. A cloud by night, a cloud by day, a fire by night, and God's people have all been taken to the promised land. You remember that? Everything's hunky-dory. Yes, it is. Everything's just fine. And then they come up on a large body of water called the Red Sea. And God told them specifically where to camp. And while they were camped, God did a little job on Pharaoh's heart. Any of you remember that? And God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh said, they're bogged down in the desert. Now's my chance. I will wipe them off the face of the earth. Now why in the world would God bring them out to have them destroyed at the Red Sea. Faith is obeying when you don't understand it. You see, Abraham in chapter 11 and verse 8, look at this deal. The Bible said, By faith, Abraham. When he was called to go out into the place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. Abraham, I want you to get up and leave where I'm going. That's none of your business. Get up and leave. He didn't understand it. 75 years old, secure, satisfied, and settled. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. 
Just obey. Leave the results up to God. You got that? Don't try to understand it. Especially if you've got teenagers. In fact, if they're not teenagers, they're in their 20s. Don't try to understand it. If they like to hunt, don't try to understand it. If they're breathing, don't try to understand it. Just love them. Amen. Well, I'm going to do that around my house. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You know what faith is? Faith is believing when you can't see it. And obeying when you don't understand it. Try starting a church when you're 50. Try starting a church when you're so proud to think maybe since you've pastored two churches, been evangelism for 12 years, that you're too good to start from nothing. Understand it? Why would I start a church in Joshua? There ain't nobody in Joshua would come to a church that I'd start. What you do is you want to overcome the world, lust, and pride. You just obey whether you understand it or not. You just obey whether it's a pandemic or not. Hey, it got cold, didn't it? You just obey. You obey God's word. Until all the officials to climb them a pole where they can jump out of one of these days. We love God or we love Biden. We love God or do we love our freedom? We love God or we're going to bow down to the communists and the socialists of our day. We're going to love God or are we going to be ashamed of God because somebody might accuse us of being racist or so? We're not racist. Everybody's welcome here. Color makes no difference here. Education makes no difference here. We love sinners. We want sinners to be saved. We not want sinners to be saved. We want to love sinners into being Christians. God honoring and Christ honoring. Amen. Amen. Am I going to overcome the world and the flesh? Am I going to do that? I'm just going to believe even if I can't see it. I'm going to obey whether I understand it. Amen. Mm-hmm. You say, what are you going to do if Sean quits tomorrow? Shoot him. <laughs> Need another trophy on my wall anyhow. If faith is the key that overcomes the world, 
And faith is believing and not seeing, obeying, not understanding, and enduring when I don't feel like it. Enduring when I don't feel it. Look at verse 27, if I may invite your attention there. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for, watch the word, endured, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I've cut most of it out. But the key to enduring is seeing him who is invisible. A song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things in this world will grow strangely dim as you look into his glorious face. You know how I'm going to overcome the world? The way God told me to overcome the world. Even if I can't see it, there's a heaven. Even if I can't see it, my mom and dad are there. Even if I can't see it, a lot of my good friends from this church is there. Roger Clark came over to me this morning, talking to me. Brought back memories of years gone by. Of me and the outlaws of this church going deer hunting in Colorado. Sweet, sweet memories I will never forget. Spending that much time with Jesse Burney and Sharp, Joe Joan, D. Burney. You'd have to backslide to fellowship with them. And I enjoyed backsliding and fellowship with them. Faith is enduring when I don't feel like. Enduring. Older you get, the more questions you receive. I'm done. It's seven twenty-nine. A fellow called me the other day from California and said, "Preacher, I think you're the oldest Baptist pastor I know that's still pastoring. I know what he's looking for." He's looking for when was I going to retire. That's what he's looking for. I wanted to tell him Andrew didn't need any help. That's the reason I'm still on board. (laughs) He don't need any help. I wish I'd have told him like I told my daughter yesterday or this week. She called. Daddy, you still preaching? Yeah, not very well. I said, Darla, God didn't call me to preach for 60 years. 
He just called me to preach. Now I may have to step down from holding you folk back. But I'll still be preaching. I don't find retiring in the Bible anywhere. Amen. That's for preacher and layman. I just don't find that in the book. You say, how are you going to do it? I'm just going to keep believing it, although I don't see it. Keep hanging on, although I don't understand it. Amen? I'm just going to uh, endure, although... I may not feel like it. And I'm just going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep trusting God. Even though I don't get it. I don't understand it. Corten Boone said, and I close... If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. But if you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. Did you get that? You'll be at rest. So I'm just going to keep on. Keeping on. Because that's the victory that overcomes this world. Even, you remember? Our faith. Can you believe it and not see it? Can you endure it? When you don't feel like it? <laughs> 